migrants and the ghosts they bring with them from their old homes to their new ones. That's the theme of the new poetry collection from Siobhan Harvey. Ghost is the Auckland writer, editor and AUT creative writing lecturer's eighth book. Her collection Cloudboy won the Kathleen Grattan Poetry Award in 2014. Well, Siobhan's originally from the UK and often writes about the migrant experience. She starts by reading the poem from which her latest book takes its title. Ghosts. All the buildings that never were. All the novels unwritten. All the dead bodies of portraits never realised. The soul mates never kissed. Like smoke. Like loss, an invocation of what if, what if, lingers in the air as our ghosts seep into the walls where they live. Sometimes fleeting glimpses snatched at midnight when we're sleepless, they haunt dark corridors where photographs hang, or rooms where old wallpaper, they decorate the heart of the home. But mostly they are lost to us, like old lovers who promised passion and eternity rings which never materialised. Or they are friends, never communicated with, never forgiven. Still our ghosts exist for what is and what remains, their disembodied faces watching over us from pictures of prize-giving, childhoods gone and funerals as we drift through our thin lives as if they're illusory, as if they're real. Siobhan, what got you thinking, I mean, your collection is about so much more than ghosts, but what got you thinking about this concept of of ghosts and hauntings and even houses being somehow sentient? The idea of the ghost is one which I think is both personal and collective in terms of my reflections and my meditations upon belonging, assimilation and exile. And what I came to realise... When we migrate as an individual and as a collective, when we come here, we come here whether the stories that we that journeyed us here, buoyed us here, were, were happy, whether we wanted to come or whether, like myself, it was more of an exile situation in which, um, you know, there were familial estrangements and so forth, that actually we, all of us, brought with us our ghosts, and those are ghosts of memory, ghosts of family, of course, ghosts of a whakapapa that we all left behind, ghosts that were social and and political, and it made me realise that we became, yes, uh, this wonderful this land of the long white cloud, but even in that there was something white, cloud, ethereal, ghostly that we brought with us our ghosts in our stories, in our souls. And I think for me what I know to be true is that we may think, our contemporaries may think, well, particularly say our Pākehā migrants or those that come from Pākehā migrants, that actually we belong, and of course we do belong to Etoroa, but our Papa, 
means that we also belong to a past that we we carry with us and there are ghosts there and and in that i think that makes us ghosts too the carrying of these ghosts in our person our mind our history our mentality our family and that makes us a land of ghosts and i mean that in terms of for both our pakeha migrants and and the uh, the forebears thereof and also our indigenous migrants that came there too i think we see that they brought with them their ghosts their ghosts and their stories we have you know the poems here in the first person and it's tempting i've made this point before many times it's always tempting as a reader of poetry to assume that this is direct from your life experience to the page to us. I mean, I'm thinking about your poem, My Mother is a Ghost Living in My Mind, and I, I find that sad. Others might find comfort in it, but I found that um, sad with some of the phraseology. To me, she is forever cold, as if lost at sea or in an undying snowstorm. Was this also part of your thinking about those lost to you but still with you in some way? Yes, I mean... It is partly personal, and and obviously I think we are buoyed by our our own personal um, engagements, particularly when we become exiles, because effectively we are alone and having to navigate our understanding of and connection to that which we have forever lost. You know, it's that idea that Saad, I think, puts so beautifully well that exile is strangely compelling to think about but terrible to experience. And it is, these poems are undoubtedly, they're buoyed by the personal, but I don't believe, I I know uh, from talking to others, from researching widely for this collection, that this is also a communal experience that you know so much of what we don't speak about in terms of our our migrants and our exiles or that which they leave behind and yes the relationship with the mother is cold there is a sense of distance there and undoubtedly that is informed by my experience but as I say when I think back to both as a personal family but as a collective family there were many, many people that went before me who had to have this engagement, consideration, understanding with their parents that they might never see again. I mean, in the past, when you journeyed here, that was journey often forever. There was no going back. There are distinctly outspoken political poems in this collection also. Um, Siobhan, I've got erasure right in front of me. Early on in the genesis of the collection, I was living in what was a wonderfully diverse, what I would call beautiful part of the country, Waiotaiki Bay in Auckland. And I call it beautiful because of its landscape, and I call it beautiful because of the sense of belonging to landscape and to neighbour, to, to, to a sense of a wider now that was had by neighbours in the community. And what happened, and what has happened, I know, to many communities, is that essentially people we had visited upon the community against the will of the community forced regeneration. And for us, we moved into the community because of its diversity, because of its its accessibility, its affordability. And what we found was that our neighbours, their diversity, their um, status, their being, they disappeared. 
Like ghosts, they went in the night. Their door, front doors were left open, their houses were emptied, and it just, they went in the night. There were even times in which we would stand outside and see houses raised off their foundations and taken down. And that does make you political. When you see that happening in your community, you are witnessing your community have run-ins in front of you with the police because they are wanting to own and have their community. And the police the police are not at fault here. They are simply upholding that which has been enshrined in law. But there is a political element undoubted there, particularly when the neighbourhood or the community was so against this process. And that got me thinking about the nature then of ghosts, how I saw ghosts those closest to me, those that were resident next to me and two doors down and three doors down. And that then became a symbolic concept around how in one place, belonging to land, belonging to neighbourhood, which had been enshrined for decades and decades and decades, it can be lost, can be taken away. And these people are taken elsewhere or simply disappear. And what does that say to me? What does that say to my process as a migrant and an exile? What does that say to us as a country? My ghosts rise up in lockdown. So this is very on point. Siobhan, what effect did lockdown have on your writing and on you? It has not been the easiest time for many, and I'm sure I'm not alone in finding it deeply fraught. For me, having to hold down a job and then simultaneously with children having to navigate and supervise their schoolwork whilst trying to be creative, it was an almost impenetrable situation which I couldn't find answers for. My creativity sits inside me and I need to be creative and yet I was hemmed in by the lockdown. It also then, I think, allow, allowed for a lot of reflection, which for me uh, and my history was not necessarily a good thing. You know, it d- makes you think and dwell upon those difficult times in your life when isolation has been visited upon you or, or was visited upon me. You've introduced me to a new term. I always love that. Ghost words. In fact, you define it for us in the poem. <laughs> Yes, it has existed for uh, for uh, centuries, and it's this idea um, which I'm tuning into, I suppose, both in this poem called Ghost Words, but also into a wider sense of personal connection to words and what they mean for me as a writer and as a mother. There have been translations of books in which, obviously, the process of translation, like the process of handing down all narratives, they can shift the words, the understandings. And, and what a ghost word is, is that it is a shift in a sentence in which a word is introduced um, which wasn't there in the original, yet it is not picked up and so basically generations keep revivifying the same word uh, which is out of context with how it should have been in the original. And I think for me, in terms of words, what they mean, they are my sense of connection to my family. They mean so much about my own identity and the poem is about how 
the words, the poems, the work that I create, the kind of narratives that I've created, I will pass on. I've given to my son, uh, and those are then for him. And my words become ghosted in him for him to pass on to his children and so forth. Ghosts is the name of Siobhan Harvey's poetry collection and it's an Otago University Press publication. It's 23 minutes to three now. Today we're featuring dresses of all colours and next, yellow. From a mostly forgotten western called The Last Sunset, here's one Carl Dobkins Jr. with Pretty Little Girl in the Yellow Dress.